Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. This is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Today, I'm privileged to have Wayne Johnson, the president of Lafayette Pictures. Wayne, welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. So, Wayne, in 60 seconds, tell us who you are and what you do. Um, I am a television and film producer. I develop and produce TV shows and films. That's pretty amazing. (laughs) And and the question I want to ask you is, because we were talking about this before, tell me what happened on July 9th, 1996. That is the day I got shot, and um, my heart stopped three times on the operating table. Um, I was in surgery for 12 hours. I lost four liters of blood, and um, pretty much a day that changed my life. (laughs) I bet. So tell me the circumstances of the the shooting, and then we'll actually go what that really meant to you and how it changed your life. It was just a a robbery, um, random robbery. I went to go get something to eat at a carryout. Were you robbing or were you robbed? No, I was robbed. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank God. <laughs> I went to a carryout to get something to eat. Um, I remember it was a Sunday night. Um, not too many places open. It was in Baltimore City across from Shock Trauma University Hospital. Convenient. Exactly. That, that's the only reason why I'm here now. That's the main reason why I'm alive. Um, because I was a block away from Shock Trauma. Now, what interests me about this, not that you got shot, and I'm really happy you recovered, but when we face one of those life-threatening, in your case, you were dead a mm-hmm. couple of times, it allows us to change the direction of our lives. What were you doing before you got shot, and what did it inspire you to do after you got shot? Before I got shot, I was pretty much just coasting. I was um, just working in a kitchen at a hospital, um, delivering like food to patients and stuff. I, I was, wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Um, after I got shot, I decided life is too short. <laughs> Let me pursue my dreams and my goals and, um, you know, let me change and, and do what I want to do, which is writing. So I decided to write a book. And what was the book about? The book was pretty much about my life um, and then some made-up stuff as well. But <laughs> uh, just a literally license. I mean, that's what they do. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> so let me ask you, were you married at the time? No. no. Did you have a significant other or someone that really cared for you? Yes. And so what was it like for that person uh, watching the transformation? It was, um, yeah, I guess it was pretty cool because it was, you can see how happy I was at that, you know, during that time um, when I was, you know, fulfilling my inner peace or my destiny, goals, brilliant. And that brings you inner peace and that brings you that connection. I think every single person on planet Earth has a purpose on life. The only problem is 99 point some odd percent don't know what it is. (laughs) And because they don't know what it is, they grab at a lot of things Mm -hmm. or is that uh, fight or flight, the, the middle thing is freeze. So whatever the hell they're doing, they stay doing it because they can't decide what to do. Yeah. So you decided to write a book. How did that go? Um, didn't go well because it was just taking too long. <laughs> Books are normally about 350. I had it ranged at 350 to 400 pages. 
and it was just it was going but it wasn't going as fast as I wanted it to go um, so it, it was just you know it was going so just before I let you continue on that uh, a friend of mine's written like a 150 books and his advice to me was when I was writing Umar people have a short attention span yeah. make your book 120 <laughs> to 140 pages only yep. they can pick it up at BWI and by the time it gets to San Francisco yeah. either they throw it in the trash or they recommend it to a friend <laughs> True. So you that gave up. So, true. so you gave up your book, but then you took a, did a pivot. What was the pivot? The pivot was um, instead of writing 350 pages, I decided to write a movie script, which was about 90 pages, anywhere from 90 to 120 pages, and a, a minute a page, right on exactly. screen. Exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. So, how? What did you do with the screenplay? With the screenplay, I once I wrote it, I um, submitted it to different agencies, agents, managers. Um, well, first I got it script doctored. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, back then that's what I was getting script doctored. I did that, and then I submitted to different agencies and um, managers to try to get represented and try to get it out to Hollywood, per se. So in my world, which I suck at, <laughs> it's it, nobody wants to represent you unless you're famous. Unless you're famous. Exactly. And you can't be, if you're famous, you don't need them. So it's that exactly. paradox. Exactly. Same That's, thing with the agents yep, in Hollywood? It's the same exact thing. Um, only difference is if you have a good script, everybody will jump on board at that time. Did you have a good script? At that time, no. <laughs> My first one was not so good. It was it was good enough to get me a manager. So I got a manager. Um, and with that, instead of doing my movie, he decided to pitch me to different producers. To write their movie. To write their movie, exactly. So I wanted to take a step back, because I think you said something really important there. And I'm paraphrasing here. You had said, my script sucked. Yeah. And I think that is so brilliant, because so many people wait till they get something perfect. But I think what we need to do is to just create. Mm -hmm. Once you create it, you yeah. said you got a script doctor to make it better. Yep. Still wasn't good enough, but it was good enough to get you a manager, and it was good enough to get you opportunities to exactly. write for other people. Exactly. And that is, I think, the... The path to success is do. Mm -hmm. Yes, you gotta get out your own way. <laughs> you gotta put it. I tell people all the time. Whenever they ask me, um, and whenever they, people approach me about writing scripts, they say, ah, "I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. This and that." I tell them more than anything, it's about writing. You gotta get it on paper. You gotta get it out your head. Get it on paper, and then you can go back and format it and do whatever you need to do at that point. But Get the words on paper and get it out of your, your head. head. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is one of my life lessons. I was uh, I was writing this marketing piece, mm -hmm. spent a lot of time on it, and if I may say so myself, it was freaking brilliant. Yeah. I mean, totally awesome. Could do. And then two or three years later, I was sorting my desk out, and I came across it, yep. and I looked at it and said, oh, my God, what a load of crap. <laughs> I cannot believe that I thought this was so awesome. And that day I learned the lesson. It's like, okay, don't go for perfection because you're deluding yourself anyway. Yep. Just do. And as soon as you get it done, you can make it better. And, and, and um, when you're writing, even if you're writing scripts or, or books or um, poems or anything, whatever you're writing, they, well, they, my teacher told me, write it and then return to it in, say, two, three weeks or a month later. Yeah, give some time. And then, exactly. And then you will see if it's good at that point. 
So you've got a manager pitching you to uh, filmmakers to yes. write scripts. Yes. So tell me about the first one you wrote that actually got made. The first one I wrote that actually got made was a horror film. Um, we shot that in. It was a low-budget independent horror film in Texas. I want to say it was, ba- it was based on a true story, but then it wasn't. We couldn't use the whole story, so it was pretty much a script based on a true story that I just added to. Nice. So, yep. And that was called, what was that, The Red Oak? The Red, Red Oak. Oak story, yeah. Don't watch it, folks. No, no. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Go watch it. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> so, Wayne, uh, I really wanted to get, you know, this podcast is about leadership mm-hmm. and sales. Yep. To get a movie made, you need to sell a lot of people. Yes. Because <laughs> there's different constituents with different agendas, exactly. different views, different egos. And one of the projects you did that I was pretty uh, enthused about because I saw the movie, and it was a good movie, it was Southpaw. Yes. So tell me how you got associated with Southpaw, and then take me through from idea to actually sitting in the movie theater, eating popcorn, right. <laughs> watching this thing. Well, with Southpaw, that was my partner, um, Peter Rich. His brain Hey, Peter. Yeah, that's <laughs> his brainchild. Came up with the idea, um, hired Kirk Serda from um, Sons of Anarchy. He wrote the script. Um, then approached Eminem to star in the rapper? The script. Yes, Eminem the rapper, Marshall Mathers, yeah. um, to star in the script. Um, so once you had Kirk and Eminem, you were pretty much golden. <laughs> yes. Um, so then we took that into DreamWorks to um, Stacy at DreamWorks at the time. Stacy was the one responsible for 8 Mile. Yes. So she did 8 Mile at that time. Good movie. Um, so we knew, taking it to her with Eminem, Kirk, and a good storyline, we was pretty much golden. So I was pitched in a pitch meeting. It was bought in a pitch meeting. <laughs> so they purchased it. Yes, <laughs> in the meeting. So um, that was at DreamWorks. It sat there for a year. We got that movie back in turnaround, which means... Meaning they, they only took a license for a year. Yeah. So they, it was pretty much like an option for yeah. a year. They That's didn't the make term. it. Yeah, they didn't make it. We got it back. Um, with the MGM, they kept it for about a year. This yeah, sounds like one of those Florida so. schemes to sell real estate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As I said, it doesn't matter. If you, if you get your movie sold, it really doesn't matter until it's in production. That's what um, counts. Yeah, that's what really counts. So MGM... And then, took an option and then they did not execute. Exactly. And then it went to the Weinsteins. And then the Weinsteins got it. By that time, it was several years later, um, Eminem said, I can't do it. I'm going back to the music. I'm going to do the music. So we had to get somebody to replace Eminem's role, um, which was Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Jake said, let me do it. He was just coming out for a Nightcrawler. I think Jake was about 120 pounds at that time. So nobody would like, well, we believed in him, but... No one else would. Yeah, nobody really believed that he could pull off being this heavyweight boxer or this boxer um, with this awesome body and able to throw these punches. But Jake came in and said, let me do it. I want to do it. He fought for that role. He went to the gym, worked out six months, hard, just straight working out. In the gym, in the ring, um, two, three times a day, and then you see the poster. You see him when he oh, takes yeah. his shirt off. Super you buff. See those, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that led to that. Um, we shot the movie in Pittsburgh. Uh, we got you know Rachel McAdams, Antoine Fuqua came on to direct. 
Um, and Rachel McAdams, she's a fellow Canadian. Okay, yeah, yep, yeah. And then um, I was chat in Pittsburgh, did the post, um, everything else, and then had the mayor in New York, had the release, and, you know, everybody was talking, thinking it was going to be an Oscar contender, and that's what I wanted. That was my main thing. That would be awesome. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it did well. It did pretty good. We were happy with it. I went to the Red Box and got it for a buck and yeah. saw it, loved yeah. it. It was awesome. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, <laughs> during, during our first week of opening, I went to, I want to say, eight different states. To get a vibe of the audience, yeah, what they thought of it? I, I've seen it with... I want to say over 65 different theaters and different audiences um, just to see. And I think only one time in one theater, nobody, well, from my site, nobody cried. But from the other times that I watched it, everybody cried. People, people cried, yeah. <laughs> That's a good feeling as a filmmaker. <laughs> it's a wonderful feeling when you see it brings the emotions and. And you see people moving in their seat and bobbing and weaving and, and crying and laughing and everything watching, you know, your, your piece of work. One of the things that interests me is very much what happens in that moment of change. Like one of, uh, I went through uh, Leadership Maryland where they have 50 leaders from around the state. They okay. go on a year-long journey together. Uh, one of the stops was Baltimore City. And there was a guy called Andre that came up and he was telling this story. He said that uh, he was in a gang in Baltimore. Initiation time came, and his job was to kill someone to get in the gang, and that's what he did. And I'm not sure then or around then he got arrested, got sent away. In the meantime, his younger brother is in high school and is a basketball prodigy. The local bar shouldn't let him in, but because he's the local hero, hero, they let him come in and watch the games on the big screen because they want to support him. His brother comes out of jail. One night when his younger brother, the basketball prodigy, is coming home from one of the games at the bar, this kid comes up to him on his initiation and kills him. Oh, man. And our hero, Andre, loses his mind. Mm. Every night he goes out hunting for the guy that killed his brother. Wow. And one night he comes home around about 3 in the morning, and his mother is sitting in the living room in pitch darkness. As soon as he comes in, she says, I know what you're doing. And she gets up and she puts her hand on his face. And as she caresses his face, she says, I don't want to lose another son and goes to bed. And something in that moment changed in his life. He left the house, went to the inner harbor, got his gun and he threw it into the harbor. And now he runs an organization where they do uh, barbecues, parties, conflict resolution, teaching gangs how to resolve conflict without guns. And so for him, life changed in that moment and so going back to when your life changed uh-huh. now your life is at a different level yes there's probably another plateau to go yeah and you probably have dreams around that is there another let's not get you shot this time <laughs> but is there another place you want to go that you're trying to figure out how to get there um it is um i want to my whole thing right now is to have a fun, a, a film fun. Um, for? For the films that we want to shoot. Or, you know, if people want to come to us and, and have a film idea that's... So you can green light stuff yourself. Exactly. Well, we don't have to wait on the studio. I don't people can watch this, investment. but you're wearing a green shirt right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> 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 <It's> good luck. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's my... 
that'll be my ultimate goal, my plateau right there before I retire, um, is to have that fund set up for my company, not only my company, but you know, a couple of different companies. Um, nice. We, we, we have that freedom, pretty much. What boggles my mind right now is with technology. I mean, a schlep like me can create a podcast with yep. $500 worth of gear and we're good to go. Well, we, we it's the same thing with the film industry. Yeah, isn't it amazing? It, you had a, um, we had a film two years ago at Sun, was it Sundance? It might have been Sundance or the Tribeca. The young lady shot the whole film on her iPhone. And it won a bunch of awards that year. And it looked good? It looked good. It looked really good. It was a great job. Cause you, you shot, she shot everything on the iPhone, did the edits, everything <laughs> with the iPhone. And it, 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 it won a ton of awards. It was a talk that year. So what's amazing is now there's two things that I think we need as human beings. One, we need uh, the skills mm-hmm. yes. and a goal. Yes. And then the only thing that gets in the way is our mindset. Yeah, and, and your own... Yeah, that's your your own. I would say your your own fear holds you back from a bunch of stuff. That yeah, fear holds you back from a bunch of stuff. And so that's my mission is you know how do we teach people to be more confident, bolder, more driven? Yes. If we could help people solve that human equation, think of how many people would make movies, cure diseases, yes. or just uh, cut the cord and go do whatever their whatever heart desires. Want. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So Wayne, do you have kids? Yes, I have two, two daughters. How old? They are um, 16 and 24. So if you and they could. Both write. <laughs> Excellent. If you could give them some advice, three pieces of advice that would allow them to live happier, more successful lives, yes. what would that be? Do whatever you want, do what's in your heart. Um, that's, that's my main thing. Um, just set your goals and follow through with them just that was my thing once I got shot I I set this goal where I wanted to write a script so I went to Barnes and Noble in the library and studied how to write scripts um <laughs> then I wrote the script and I decided I wanted to get it to agents and managers so I got a list of agents and managers and sent it to them so my thing is do your research if you, you have a goal set your goal do your research, study, and obtain, you know, work as hard as you can to obtain your goal. Brilliant, because I think in this day and age, I mean, back in the Stone Age when you were doing your script to the bookstore, (laughs) right now a kid can go on YouTube and watch some guy. Yeah, it's right on your, your, your phone, your YouTube, your Google, you got everything right there. And now, back then, I was snail mail, which is, I would have to go to like a Kinko's or Staples and type up, you know, um, print out scripts and send them in the mail to people. <laughs> now you just email. <laughs> so Brilliant. It's so much easier now. But it, it, it's, it's all there. Everything is there. You just, just got to research it. Wayne, thanks so much for sitting down with me. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 